C. diff, spores, and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at CloroxHealthcare.com. Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. I'm Kevin Hirsch, and I am your host. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Please visit the Clorox Healthcare website to learn more about their products, keeping environments safer. CloroxHealthcare.com forward slash C Diff Radio. And it is my personal and great pleasure to welcome our guest, best selling author, Jay Papazan. Now, I have invited Jay here to talk to us about how each of us can move forward with our own extraordinary goal. So grab a pad and pen and hang on for a fantastic interview. And you know what? I, at this point, I usually introduce the guest, but Jay, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself so we get to know more about who Jay is. Go right ahead, sir. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I guess the first thing that people who know me know about me is that I've been kind of a book nerd my entire life. Um, I either had my nose in a book or was trying to write them, even going all the way back to high school. Um, the, the more professional journey started at HarperCollins Publishers, where I was an editor and got to work on some really big books that happened to be in nonfiction. I worked on Mia Hamm's Go for the Goal, the female soccer star, and a book by a guy named Bill Phillips called Body for Life that was a big changer in the world of um, physical fitness and that he was the first person to really go out there and say that strength training was better than cardio for burning fat. And my aha professionally working on those books that I didn't think I would love. I love soccer, but you know anything about weightlifting is that I always thought I was going to be a fiction writer. And I realized that helping people through books was incredibly rewarding. Um, the Bill Phillips book, which I really thought was a chore sold six and a half million copies. And I can't tell you how many people came up to me and said, you're a part of that. I lost 95 pounds. And that became kind of a drug. So jump forward um, to 2000. And I married my wife, we relocated to Austin. And I got to work in a little real estate company called Keller Williams. There are only 27 employees. And I got to work with the founder, Gary Keller, and discovered that he was going to write books. I actually bumped into him in the bathroom is where the conversation started. I said, Gary, I hear you're writing books. Do you remember I used to work at HarperCollins? And that led to a conversation um, that launched our book career together. In the summer of 2002, we wrote our first book, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, um, that I thought would sell 50,000 copies that went on to sell 1.3 million and still selling, a career guide for real estate professionals. We've written now 10 more books, the most recent of which is why I'm here, Kevin. It's the one thing the extraordinarily um, surprising simple truth behind extraordinary results. And that was about a four and a half year journey to research before we wrote the book in 2000 and published it in 2013. And that has also gone on to sell about 1.4 million copies worldwide and been a life changer for me and my family and been super rewarding to bump into people who've experienced the book. So that's my, I guess, elevator pitch on my writing and editorial career. Uh, Jay, I got to tell you that when you when you you know the book was done in 2013, and I just picked it up. I just want to tell the the viewers, I mean the listeners, uh, what what this book means to me, and that's why I asked Jay if he would be on this show. I reached out to his office, and when he accepted, I was like, oh seriously, oh my gosh, this is going to be great. Because what happened was, <laughs> I was well, true, Jay. I was stumbling last year. I didn't have a focus on what I wanted to do. I kept failing every single time I want to achieve a goal, I would fall way short of that goal. And I couldn't figure it out. I was getting so frustrated. I was at a give up point. I just I just couldn't make it happen. And, and I'm sure you folks who are listening can relate to that, where you just keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. Well, a colleague of mine, a fellow health coach, because you all know I'm a health coach, she said, what are you reading to improve yourself? And I said, oh, well, I've been reading How to Bang Your Head on a Wall a Thousand Times and Not Go Anywhere. And she said, no, 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 read this book. Uh, it's called The One Thing. No, I, I not only bought the audio book, I listened to it once. 
I then started again and listened to it again, and I'm on my third listen to that book. And that's what the, the one thing has done for me. I tell you, Jay, uh, that book with – the whole book is peppered with insight. I can find something to relate to every single step of the way, every single step. And that's what I'd love to share with the audience today. And so you, you, you talked about um, you talked about your well, first. Thank um, you for that testimonial, Kevin. It means a lot. Like I said, four and a half years, I was in a cave. Writers are neurotic. I can mm-hmm. remember uh, our Ellen Marks was our marketing director. I mean, tough as nails, businesswoman. She wrote a handwritten note after reading the the first copy of the manuscript and said, "This book is great. You should be proud of it. It's going to change lives." And I just broke into tears. I still get choked up thinking about it because. You don't know, and it's like, thank you for sharing that. That means a lot to me. Yeah, and and um, you know, it's it's also that through this book, you reference uh, beneficial tools on your website. We're going to be touching those a little bit later on, and so you know what that is. Uh, that website, it's the one thing dot com, and that's just the number one, right? The number one thing. That's right. Com. One thing, right? Um, but I'll tell you, there's one big thank you I want to throw out there right now, and that's C Diff Foundation, C Diff Radio, and also our sponsors for for allowing this to happen. You see, the show is called C Diff Spores and More for a reason. This is that more part, isn't it? This is that part that helps you get up and say, "Wait a minute, there is more for me out there. I can do more with my health. I can do more with my life. I have limitations. Everybody has limitations, right, Jay?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that being said, you know, it's like Jay is. We're going to ask some more questions throughout this this show, and I'm going to come up with something called one question at a time in just a moment, and we're going to keep adding to that, and uh, we're going to also work a little bit later on on the victim mindset, and at the end of the segments, that Jay is going to have the floor and just fill in whatever else uh, we we want to know. Okay, so here we go. Um, if I can, can I ask Wait. you a few questions? Fire away. Yeah. Okay. So, what have you found most common that keeps people from moving forward? You know, the the thing I expected it to be didn't turn out to be. I, I was very worried. You know, the book is called The One Thing. And at the heart of it, we have a thing called the focusing question. Uh, what's mm-hmm. the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? And yes. it's a very specifically worded question. It's a mouthful. I get it. And I was kind of afraid that people would ask that question and have no idea what the answer was. And my surprise, and I've probably shared this book with over 10,000, maybe more people live now in terms of trainings and keynotes, is that most people, like not most, maybe 95, 98% of people know the answer. They're just not asking the question. And they feel guilty for not doing their one thing. So... I was surprised. It's really a lack of clarity. When people are not clear about what their number one priority is, they are almost, it's almost impossible to do it. So that's the number one reason. They're not asking the question. They're not stepping back, just taking just a couple of breaths and going, of all the stuff that I could do, what's the one thing that would be most impactful? And they know the answer. They just have to stop and ask the question. Exactly. And, and you know, and that's, isn't that something else is you step back from yourself and you see your life a little bit differently and you can start to see the answer to that question. Now, we just, we just have a few minutes left. What is the ultimate demise of somebody's journey? Like they, they start, they, they want to focus on a one thing, but they fall apart. And we only have about three minutes left. Sure. So I think um, distractions happen all the time. So mm-hmm. we're busy people, right? And in the context of this, like if you're dealing with a health challenge, your world has just gotten more complicated. You know, I don't know about your listeners demographically perfectly, but I know I've got kids and I've got aging adult, you know, parents. Um, both require my attention and care. I've got my actual family, right? I've got my job. I've got my health. Our life has got a lot of stuff going on. So in order to identify our one thing, we still have to, identify it. We have to time block it and protect that. So if you just run for a week with this idea, you're not going to get much out of it. It's the people who show up every day for a period of time focused on that, that change the world. So how do we stick with that focus and not get distracted? That's, I think the the reason that more people fall off the bandwagon and it's ironically, they're overconfident. They think they're done in two weeks. Not that they just get distracted by some shiny object, 
they want to add to it and then they overwhelm themselves and fail. Yeah, isn't that isn't that the truth though? And it's and and the other thing is that people think they have all the time in the world, but they don't give themselves enough time to accomplish their goals. It, you know, it's a planning fallacy. We always think we'll get more done in the time we have than we do. I mean, it's a cycle, It's a fact. We all, you know, we assume we have we'll get more done than we actually have time to do. That's just normal life. I also think that people think that results happen faster than they really do. I think we overestimate what we can get done in a short period of time and underestimate what we can get done in a longer period of time vastly, not just by a little bit, by a lot. So the idea of sticking with that thing, right, whatever that number one thing is for you and staying with it, in our research, it takes about 66 days on average to form a habit. Sticking with it for 10 weeks, that's a long time for a modern listener, right? How can I, I devote time to that? I can't wait to get to that in the next segment. And speaking of which, um, we're going to finish up this segment. But first, Jay, thank you very much for sharing this with our global listeners. We're going to pause for a commercial break. And when we return, we're going to continue discussing um, the focusing question, in this case, uh, with Jay Papazan, co-author of The One Thing. Thank you very much. And stay tuned. We'll return after these messages from our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. The C. diff Foundation offers global community support sessions. C. diff can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety. Get answers to your questions. You're not alone. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. To register for a session, call the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing. Number one in infection prevention. For additional information on handwashing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program. I'm your guest host, Kevin Hirsch, and I'm here with Jay Papazan, co-author of The One Thing, and we're going to continue discussing... Um, the focusing question, but more importantly is, remember Remember, Jay had mentioned that one of the things is you may have the question, but you, or you, the answer, you don't necessarily have the right question, all right? So here it is. Here's, here's what we're going to start this segment off with. If you don't know the answer, your answer is go find the answer, okay? So we talked briefly about the focusing question and how really important that is to zero in on what you would like to have in life. But I'm looking for, for answers to those questions, right? Just like you are. I'm looking for answers all the time. How do I discover those answers? I want to move forward. Jay, how do I discover those answers? One of the number one principles that Gary and I write to is that we want to base our personal and professional lives on the biggest possible models. So I don't want to 
start with the kindergarten model and have to reinvent it, right, to win one year. I want to build momentum and really go big. So we tend to look at who are the top performers in any one category, and our formula was to always ask, and what do those people have in common? So if my question just theoretically is, I want to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and not get sick, and I want to be successful, can I find five people who've consistently done that and then either read their book, read their blog, or if I can, interview them, right? There's so many ways to get that information these days. And then I'm looking for what do they have in common? Because instead of their unique ability, what's the common set of traits? And that's usually a pretty short list, Kevin. So that's what always we do is we try to look for what's the biggest answer possible because we don't want to reinvent. And when we aim for big, we can stop anytime we want. But mm-hmm. we want to start with that answer. So that's where I always go first is who has already achieved this and can I access their knowledge, whether it be online articles, interviews, podcasts, just like this, right? And then I can take notes and ask the question, what are they doing and what did other people who accomplished that also do? That commonality is often a very short list that I can also achieve. You know, and I, and I, and I can speak for everybody out there. We always think that we're the first person going through this. Always think that. And, you know, we're not, are we? No, I mean, mm-hmm. oh. we, we want to believe we're a unique snowflake, and we are in many ways. But yeah. our experience is going to be a lot like everyone else's. I, I can't remember the world-renowned psychologist said, if you want to know what it's like to live in Pittsburgh, um, you don't have to go there and live there. Ask five or six people who live there. Chances are your experience will be the same as theirs, and you'll like what they're saying or they won't. So mm-hmm. don't presume that we have this unique set of circumstances. It's often a lot less unique than we think. You know, when you when you just mentioned Snowflake, you brought me back to the comedian Richard Black, where I first heard him use that phrase. People, we're all snowflakes, you know, and we do have that individuality. But, but you know, what? we're not the first ones there. And and when we talk nope. about some kind of looking at things differently and researching back to see who else went through this. Now, I want to ask you a little bit about um, habits. Okay, do our sure. listeners dive right into different way of thinking, or do they change habit by habit? Well, you led me to the answer, leading the leading the witness, sir. Yes, habit <laughs> by habit. Um, I think my friend James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits, I got to interview him, and I love the way he put this. He says I could go out and do some sort of you know tough mutter challenge or a hundred push up challenge. I choose to become the kind of person who works out every day, and most of those other things, right, will take care of themselves. So it's about being before you get the benefits of doing. And being is a habit question. You know, I would be in better shape if I just became the kind of person who ate appropriate portions, who became the kind of person who did that. And that's all about establishing a habit, a lifestyle change. And that is a bigger question to ask, right? It's not about how do I lose five pounds? It's how do I change my diet so I don't have to lose five pounds every January? Right. Yeah, that is so, and I do the same thing when I do coaching. The the weight, that's a symptom of something else. That's the why. That's the thing that we want, we want to address. And that's what's going to keep us having that five pounds come back on again. All right. What, you know, and if it's, and, and what else is a goal is getting, getting off the couch because you just, you're in such pain and you're such sorrow. You just can't do it. And it, it can go from there to an executive of a corporation focusing on that question and also looking for that those proper habits. And if I was to say, uh, the next question I have is, is what is a habit and how long does it take um, for, for what I'm doing to become a really healthy habit for myself? Now, we touched on it before with 66 days. Could you add to that? Sure. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, the, my big revelation is we, um, one of the chapters is the discipline life is a lie. And when people look at you know, oh, that Kevin, you know, on the podcast, he's a life coach. If I could just be disciplined like him, we have this misconception around it. So discipline is training yourself to do something until it's about habitual. I think mm-hmm. about a disciplined soldier. I met a guy who showed up two and a half hours for one of my speaking engagements. I thought he was part of the crew. And I asked him about it. And he said, oh, no, um, I was a, a, a ranger, an army ranger for nine years. It's been more than a decade but they trained me to show up early and observe and I can't shake the habit. So we do something habitually, whether it's our parents getting us to floss or brush our teeth, or it's us getting out of bed to put on our running shoes and go out and run. 
right? Whatever that thing is, if you do it repeatedly, it becomes ingrained. And then after working for the habit, the habit starts working for you. Voila. Um, the research that we found, I'd always heard it as 21 days, which is completely bogus. Yeah. There's no research that backs it up. It's, it's actually almost three times as long, right? It's 66 days. It's more than three times as long. 66 days on average to form a habit. Um, I'll just give one caveat on that. Every habit and every person is a little different. I think 66 is informative in that it's way longer than most people give it, and that's a lesson in itself. But when we talked to the researchers who did it, they said some habits were formed in as little as 18 days, very few, but some, and some took 254. So you have to pay attention. Do we feel like this behavior has become automatic? Um, a lot of people who read the book take on the habit of getting up early because we talk about how helpful that is. When you start waking up before the alarm clock goes off, congratulations, you're there. Um, my kids trained me to do that. But you pay mm -hmm. attention when it feels automatic, stay with it a little longer, and then you can go to the next thing. We call that habit stacking. And that's really what Extraordinary is made of. It's a lot of little actions that become habitual. And after you do that thing, you go to the next. So maybe I went a little beyond the 66 days, but that's just a little bit more depth into how long does it take? What's the investment? And what does that look like? You know, that's one of the things I also talk about is one healthy habit at a time. It's not like you have to – you sit down and I'm going to use a, a steak. Sorry, vegetarian friends. I'm going to use a steak as, a, as an analogy. <laughs> you, don't, you don't sit down and go anaconda style on, on something like that. You don't try to take everything in at once. <laughs> you take one at a time and enjoy each bite. All right. So, so that, that pretty much adds that up. But now on Jay, on your website, you have something because you really want to help folks achieve their goals. You have something called a 66 day calendar. What's the, what's the URL for that? That's, that means website folks. If you Google a uh, 66 day challenge, you'll find uh, the page. It's a, it's a simple calendar um, where you can assign like, this is going to be my challenge. I'm going to drink eight glasses of water a day, or I'm going to do 10,000 steps a day on my Fitbit, whatever it is you choose. And then every day that you achieve that goal, you put an X. And the goal is to string 66 together. And that came from um, a Seinfeld story. A guy met Seinfeld backstage at an open mic event when he was already Seinfeld but still did that sort of thing and said, hey, Jerry, I want to be a comedian. What should I do? And to his shock, he wrote about it. Jerry had an answer. He said, go get one of those wall calendars that has all the days of the year and it's laminated. And every day you write a joke. And every day that you write a joke, you put an X over that day. And pretty mm -hmm. soon, it won't be about writing the joke. It'll be about not breaking the chain. There's real satisfaction we get from stringing those together, and it builds momentum. And what I love about the calendar, if it's on your desk or on your cubicle, is the world sees it and goes, what's that? And when you invite the world into your habit, guess what? They'll support you. And we've got great research that shows that when people do this sort of thing, with some support group, passively or actively, they just know about it, people tend to support you and you're a lot more successful at building that new habit. Exactly. And those habits are all geared towards getting getting us to that someday goal. And that someday goal, this is this this is part of your book that I listened to over and over again, and I mentioned it to, uh, <laughs> to listeners on the break, and we have just a few minutes left, is I want to get somewhere. Now, listeners, just fill in the blank. Someday I want to blank be specific about it someday i want to blank and jay what's the best way to get there when we talk about that some someday five-year goal etc go ahead sure we, we have a process called goal setting to the no now rather and here's the challenge if i want someday to be a best-selling author right or whatever that thing is how do i behave today that's, that's the right. challenge right how do i close that gap so mm -hmm. the formula is if you know that someday you want to be a best-selling author. I'll just fill in that blank, right? That was one of my. What's the one thing I have to accomplish in five years to feel like I'm absolutely on track for that someday goal? You write that answer down. And granted, we don't know scientifically the answer. We're taking our best guess, right? You write it down. Then you ask the next question. Based on my five-year goal, what's the one thing I have to accomplish this year to feel like I'm absolutely on track? You see how I did that? I changed the time frame. It's not this year for my someday. It's this year for my five year. Then you do it again. What's the one thing I have to accomplish this month to feel like I would be absolutely on track for my annual goal? And then what's the one thing I do for my week, for my month, my day, for my week? 
And that's how you work backwards. And it's surprisingly accurate. The only metaphor I can tell you is, if I ask you, Kevin, how did you end up here today on this podcast? And you had five minutes, you would tell me about a series of milestones in your life, maybe a high school teacher who believed in you, a travel trip where that changed you, whatever that is, a book, an experience. But it would be a series of straight line milestones. When we look back, we see those dots. Here, we're trying to go into the future and look backwards so we don't see the million ways we could get there. We see the one way we thought of, and those milestones keep us on track. Fantastic. I mean, and, and that's what I was just talking about a little while ago. It's not the whole stake. It's one day at a time, one week at a time, one month at a time, one year at a time, one five years at a time. That someday goal comes. So right now we're going to end segment two. And um, look, thank you for providing these key points. We're going to pause for a commercial break. And when we return, we'll be continue to discussing uh, The One Thing with Jay Papazan, co-author of The One Thing. So stay tuned and we'll return after these messages from our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety. Get answers to your questions. You're not alone. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. To register for a session, call the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. To help support the C. diff Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll-free 1-844-4-C-DIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products, EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes, trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program. I'm Kevin Hirsch, and it is a pleasure to reintroduce my guest today, Jay Papazon, and we're here to talk about one thing, about moving forward with your life, about achieving that important goal, and about that priority, and what I'd love to love to pick up on, and I'm going to start with one of the excuses out of the comfort zone, okay? And uh, Jay's going to mention that, and it has something to do with the goal setting to the now. And so here it is. Here's a typical excuse from the comfort zone. I like quick and easy goals because they're quick and easy, minute by minute and day by day. Long-term goals are too far away. That's an excuse. Jay, what do you have to say about that? Well, I mean, you brought up uh, in the break hyperbolic discounting, and that's kind of all ties to goal setting to the now. It's so important to do long-term goal planning, and I've heard a million excuses. In today's technological world, it changes too fast. If you don't have a compass direction you're aimed at, you'll go any direction. You may even go in reverse and not even know it because you don't have anything out there that serves as a beacon. So I could just, I could go on for hours just on that one topic, but there is mm-hmm. some really interesting, it's a big word, hyperbolic discounting for a simple idea. And it basically says that the farther away a goal is, 
the less motivation we have. And that's probably why so many people discount it. But here's the trick. If I were to offer you a dollar today or $2 tomorrow, 99.9% of the world says, I'll wait a day. Give me the two bucks. You then change one aspect, a dollar today or $2 a year from now. So the time changes. What's crazy is now almost everyone takes the dollar instead of the two. So I can tell you as someone who's written three books on investing, show me any investment that doubles my money every year and you're going to be wealthier by four times than Warren Buffett. It's a crazy amount, but no one takes it. And it just simply says the farther in the future a goal is, the less motivation it has over us today. That's why the act, what we did in the previous segment, goal segment to now, how do we break down that someday goal so it has relevance this month and this week? That's why we have to do that process so it feels like we're making progress toward that big goal. And that keeps us on track and it keeps us from chasing the low-hanging fruit, which is often just a bad, bad distraction. So hopefully that answered your question, but that's where I go with that. It, it does. And as a matter of fact, it's one of the reasons why when I'm working with folks to encourage them, buy that dress that you want to be in one day, buy that bicycle or take a picture of that bicycle and put it on your wall. When that future becomes more real, then the moment we start taking purposeful steps towards that goal. Would you agree with that? So much. I mean, show me yeah. one Olympia, Olympic medalist, right? For a year, a lifetime journey. They didn't have like a motivational picture on their mirror. They saw every single day. Staying connected to that future goal is huge. And it keeps is. us relevant in the moment. Again, you know what I'd love to do is jump into right away, um, everybody has a bad day, and we can all relate to that, yours truly included. And so I want to talk a little bit about the victim mindset. So what happens happens when we get stuck, Jay, in a place where there's no hope uh, and we just can't do it anymore? How can we get out of that place? Well, that's so relevant. I mean, for people – suffering. I mean, this is, we know who your audience is, right? And mm-hmm. people who have a physical ailment, I'm, I'm heading towards my third spinal surgery. It can be really easy to go into that victim mindset. And what we know from our research is that the most successful people are always extremely clear about their role and their outcomes. And I would tell you the gift of choosing to be accountable versus a victim in life, right? This happened to me versus I contributed to this happening to me. It's just a small step, right? I have DNA in this issue. When you address that, what it gives you is control. When things happen to you and you're a victim, you're a victim. What can you do differently? When you choose to be accountable and understand your role in what happens to you, you're actually empowered. It may not feel good because something bad happened, right? And it is partially your fault at some degree, but it allows you then to choose to change your behavior so that doesn't keep happening to you. Does that make sense? So oh, it makes perfect I love sense. It. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I want my kids to have the accountability mindset. I don't want them to have the victim mindset because that's how vicious cycles start and people get trapped in them. When I feel like I have some control, and even if it's baby steps, I can take action, that's how I break out of that cycle and start making a difference for myself. But sometimes we need help. I mean, you're a coach, and our yeah. research shows having a partner out there and you're sharing your goals with them, um, just writing down your goals makes you 39.5% more likely, very specific settings, more likely to accomplish them. But when you share them with an accountability partner, it goes up to 76.7%. Wow. It's huge when you have someone helping you on this journey because everybody has a bad day. and We don't always handle it to our best, but when you have that extra person, you're such, so much more likely to stick it out. You see, you sound more like a coach than I do. That's awesome. I love what you just said. I wish I was recording it. Wait a minute. We are. Okay. So anyway, um, that's from the perspective. man. That is your coach's playbook right there. It is. I mean, that's why I have a coach. I have Gary Keller, a self-made billionaire who holds me accountable and I pay for a coach. It's what really successful people do. I have a trainer who is my health coach. Accountability matters, period. It does. Accountability definitely matters. Now, now that's from the. This is all the, from the perspective of the person with the victim mindset. What happens if we have someone in our family who's close to us, who is embracing that mindset, and we want to help them leave that mindset? We want to help them get out of it. Is there something that we can do to help that person? The um, it's usually ask great questions, 
And so, like, I, I had a, just a quick example, I had a staff member. And, you know, I'll just give a, I'll make it hypothetical so they don't recognize themselves. Let's just say that they had been late to some meetings and they started getting the label as the late person. Mm-hmm. And they came in and in their annual review, that showed up. And they're like, that's not fair. I was late one time. Um, here's the accountable question. Do you still own the perception? I know and I agree with you that the reality may be very different, but can you still own the perception and change it? And it's just reframing it. Yeah, they're wrong, but their perception is something that was created with help from you. How do we recreate that perception? It moves you into a positive mindset. So I usually find great questions. That's where coaches usually run circles around me. They ask me these questions. Jay, I hear you. That sounds like a horrible situation. Where is your DNA in this equation? Because that's where we want to start. When Gary um, went through a horrible divorce early in his career, I don't think this story is in the book. Um, Afterwards, I mean, it was really bad. And he goes to a psychologist to get some help. And he wants to talk about his wife that did him wrong. And his psychologist said, great, this for this session and only this session, we'll talk about her. After that, we can only talk about you. And Gary's like, why? He goes, well, did you or did you not ask her to marry you? And he goes, what does that have to do with it? He goes, you invited her into your life. Let's start there. And that was his moment of choosing to acknowledge his participation in everything that happened in his life. And it's an amazingly <laughs> empowering journey to take. No, Oh, my gosh. That, that accountability there, that's, that's incredible. I love that story. I don't know if Gary appreciates me hearing it, but thank he you very told much. It. I would not tell that without him having said it in front of thousands of people. Yes. Um, okay. But I remember the first time he told it, and I was like, whoa, that's rough. And then you start to understand the accountability mindset and realize, okay, here's a trained health professional. He is absolutely moving this person in the right direction to take ownership. And the moment we realize we have agency, we have some control, no matter how small, we get hope. And hope is a very powerful thing, especially, again, the context, if you're suffering a physical ailment, that's invaluable on the journey to healing is hope. I can influence the outcome here. I'm not along for the ride. You know what I also find is helpful is to ask empathetic questions, not sympathetic, or say, what's wrong with you? No, you ask empathetic questions, and you and you have a conversation not not just to to reply. You don't want to reply. You want to have a conversation to understand where that person is, and that person starts to understand that they can leave. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. No, that's great. See, I was saying great coaches um, really intuitively kind of know how to guide people down the path to seeing where they're being a victim and where they have an opportunity to be accountable. And it can be very subtle or very direct. That's that's awesome. Can I, can I talk about the comfort zone for a moment, Jay? It's um this is where I think this is. This is important to me. This is one of my hot topics. I've done shows on this, and I feel that uh, the comfort zone, uh, I also call it the content zone. It's where we go for shelter and where we, uh, and when we're afraid of moving forward, we want to curl up in that zone, all right? And it's also my opinion that that's where the victim mindset lives. And, and I feel it's ironic, Jay, and let me know if you agree with me or not, that when we're in our comfort zone, we're really existing. We're not really living. And that's the use of the word comfort. You know, to me, I love comfort, meaning I'm living, right? Um, but in our right. comfort zone, we just, we're, we're looking for reasons not to live and grow forward. And we just use simple excuses and justifications to say safe and where we are, comfortable, whether it's comfortable or uncomfortable, um, feeling futureless. Have, have, you know, that's that's the side effect of it. Have you ever experienced that, Jay? Have you ever seen that? that that's what the comfort does? Oh, all the time. I mean, um, I'm not expecting you to stay on top of the local you know, real estate industry news, but Gary just stepped out of his chairman of the board position back into the CEO role. And this is, I've been working with him for 18 years. And mm-hmm. it will be the first time where my work with my co-author and partner, the chairman of the board, may or absolutely will not have a chance of being in conflict with our CEO. And I, I went home to my wife and I said, my job description is about to change. I guarantee you. And I was very uncomfortable. Here's the thing. And, you know, take some of my own medicine. All growth happens when we're operating out of our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so there's a great book out there um, called Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck. 
If you're not familiar with it, that's a writer downer. I gave it to my kids' parents. I've read it a couple of times. Um, and in the first 30 pages, you get the big thing. We all have at different times and different moments a growth or a fixed mindset. In a fixed mindset, we don't tend to take challenges because we're afraid that failing will say something about us. A growth mm-hmm. mindset says, I have to take the challenges because that's the only way to learn. A little kid, if you've had little kids, they learn to walk by face planting. It's painful to watch. And they don't have any shame. They just know that I got to get up, I got to fall down, or I won't ever walk. And it's instinctive. And it's not until we're like sometime between first and second grade that people start moving towards people will judge me. So I think people stay in their comfort zone because they're afraid failure will say something bad about them when in truth, all success is just a series of failures we kept moving through all success. And that is the key to get that growth mindset back in there and going, you know what? I may embarrass myself, right? But I won't die from this. But that is where growth and change happens is to move out of that zone. Because no growth happens in the comfort zone. None. Absolutely none. And that's how we fail forward. You know, it's okay to make a mistake. It's not It's not embarrassing. It's, it's not a commentary on you for taking that that chance to move forward, it's a commentary on how the other folks perceive that. And that's why that's why it's always important to say, um, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to focus on this. And that's and that's it. So, you know what, I'm, I'm running low on a little bit of time here. We're going to jump right into um, a commercial break. And so what, what I'm going to do is, well, thank you for providing everything, Jay. Uh, I just I could talk for hours. Uh, at this time, we're going to pause for a commercial break, and when we return, we're going to be reviewing some key points with Jay. And so, stay tuned after these messages from our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. <music> Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. The C. diff Foundation offers global community support sessions. C. diff can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety. Get answers to your questions. You're not alone. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. To register for a session, call the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. listening to C. diff spores and more if you have a question please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org now back to our program here again is your host nancy Kerala. welcome back to the program and we thank our listeners joining today i'm kevin hirsch your host for today and it's an honor and a pleasure and finally the last time i will be introducing our guest jay papazal uh to you he's here to talk about uh 
all of the concepts that he and Gary Keller have worked on in the book called The One Thing. And we're hoping that it brings you moving forward with whatever your goals are. So welcome back to the program, Jay. Um, I'm having we, a lot of fun. Yeah, before we, before we, thank you, before we close the program today, I would just like to find out, Jay, what else is it that you feel our audience now, they may be patients, family members, caregivers. Uh, they may be uh, uh, sponsors. They may be corporate. They could be almost anybody. What can they take away? What can you offer them as we close the show up? Well, I'll ask you a question that you may know since you're, more, you're closer to this world than I am. If I were a patient, right, so the person that your family member is supporting, that the healthcare provider and even the company sponsor were all focused on that individual, so they're at the start. What would be, if you ask the question, what's the one thing I can do to make this journey successful? Like, is there a known activity? Is it diet, exercise? Is there any one thing that we know is absolutely like a first domino towards to getting better? You know, the right off, I would say, and I'm going to drill down, drill down until I find the one thing. And it's even before that, it's, it's how can I get it within myself to say, I want to move forward. I want more out of life. I see more coming at me. And how that person achieves it is up to that person. Remember, it could be a corporate person. It could be a nurse. It could be anybody. But what is that next step that I want to go to? How do I capture that? Got it. That's great. Thank you. The, the, it's, so, it's so funny how in almost every endeavor, the first step is an internal choice. Um, I am choosing agency. I am choosing to change. And just that tiny little activation of forward momentum starts a whole chain reaction that's kind of marvelous. Um, we, we looked up and said, it starts with the mindset and ends with accountability. That's always the bookends to any sort of success story. So I would say then I would encourage people, if they want to take this knowledge and put it into use, is to ask that question. Um, what's the one thing I can do to really mentally prepare myself to move forward. And I know that when I was going through my most recent surgery, the thing I chose to do with my healthcare provider is I chose to spend just five minutes meditating each morning, right? It could be prayer. It could be meditation, trying to get my head right so I could really begin the healing journey. So whatever that answer is for you, I would just challenge you to answer that question for yourself. Make it as small as possible. I didn't say 30 minutes of meditation. I started with five. And you start with something, a very small domino, so that you can build momentum with it. Maybe it's a, an affirmation, right? I am on the journey to feeling better. And you just start every day with that affirmation. Whatever that little tiny domino is, commit to doing it for 66 days. And the big step that a lot of people kind of maybe miss, right? You've got your calendar. You're committed to 66 days. You have to time block the activity. So find a time, whether it's, the moment a trigger, when I wake up, I will, right? Because you're going to wake up theoretically every day, we hope, right? Then, or the moment I show up at the office, I will. That can be a trigger, or it can be a time block. At 9 a.m. or 7 a.m., the earlier the better, I will blank. And that's part of your formula for your 66-day challenge. Put it on your calendar so that we know what happens. 15 minutes before that, your calendar is going to vibrate your phone and remind you to do that thing. And we found that that small act, right, of time blocking your one thing makes you three times more likely to do it. Not just a little bit. Your success rate goes from about 38% to over 90%. It's a huge leap forward in terms of the probability you'll succeed. And it's such a simple thing. I know what I want to do. Now I'm going to choose when I'm going to do it, and I'm going to write that declaratively. So that little two-step, ask the question, time block the answer, that is so huge for people starting this journey. And if I'm a family member, right, if I'm a provider, so let's start with the family member, I'm going to choose to help that person on the journey. I know with me and my wife, if I'm trying to lose weight or she is, we're trying to change our diet, it's a lot more success rate for us if we do it together than us preparing separate meals every night. So choosing to go down the journey with someone else almost always makes them more successful. Um, if you've ever worked out, I don't know about you, Kevin, but the times I've been successful, I knew that there was someone going to meet me at the gym. And I was more likely to get out of the bed to go to the gym to meet that person because I didn't want to let them down than I would be to let myself down by not going. 
right? Just having someone on the journey makes you so much more likely to do it. And our healthcare providers can help that. You can just go all the way up the chain and say, how can we support the person we're all focused on, right? The person who's dealing with this challenge actually begin their journey towards feeling better and getting their life back. Wow. You know, and, and, I'll, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to finish up that with Jay, that just on that closing segment alone, I could do an entire three shows with you with all the information. You just, <laughs> I just like say, what? Okay, so anyway, we're going to end segment four. And uh, Jay, we'd like to thank you for joining us today on C. Diff Spores and More and our global broadcasting. And we're grateful for your dedication to healthcare and you know what? And, and, and helping people with their mindset and putting our patients first. At this time, the members of C. Diff Foundation wish to acknowledge all the organizations around the globe dedicated to improving health. The organizations and professionals researching and developing new products addressing C. difficile infection, prevention and treatments, protecting the gut microbiome, and addressing environmental safety worldwide. To learn more about C. difficile infection and recurrent C. difficile infection clinical trials in progress and how you may be able to take part in a clinical study, please visit C. diff foundation's website www.cdifffoundation.org and click on the tab clinical trials in progress please help them help you to help others and save the date may 18th 2019 the third annual global c diff awareness walks taking place on May 18th in Teaneck New Jersey Newport Ritchie Florida and Leicester England It'll be held by Dr. Martha Clokey and her lab. Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, led by Dale Shakey, excuse me, Scally, uh, and a walk, take a walk in the park to promote C. diff infection awareness and help us save lives worldwide. For more information, please visit the website www.cdifffoundation.org. We look forward to meeting you on May 18th. And so, you know, we send our get well wishes to our patients being treated and recovering from a C. difficile infection and many well-wished, well, excuse me, wellness-draining illnesses being combated across the globe. I'm your host, Kevin Hirsch, with a reminder, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We wish you good health, continued healing, and a good day. Thank you very much, Jay Papazal, co-author of The One Thing. I can't thank you enough for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. together.